Um, first of all, I want to thank you all for joining. Oh, I see Priscilla's joining us from uh, from the Golden Gate. <laughs> nice. Um, and it's really great to see you all again. Um, I want to thank um, Gail, Sister Gail, for presenting such an amazing chutzpah, um, such a timely chutzpah. Um, and I actually didn't realize that you were a, a self-described uh, political junkie, um, but uh, you really are someone who is current, uh, you know, up to date on current events. And so um, it was really meaningful hearing such an amazing message from you on um, how we can achieve unity and peace, um, even when we're so divided as a country. Um, so thank you, uh, Sister Gail. I have a question to Gail. Um, as I said, this is a wonderful, wise message that you gave us. Um, and you talked about how to speak to those who don't share our opinions. I'm sure you must have had experiences when somebody responded hus with hostility to your attempts. And I would love to hear how you handled those, what that was like and how you handle it. Yeah, I've, I've had experiences where there's a hostile reaction. And often what I've done is I just end the conversation, you know, let's just part in peace, you know, especially if emotions are getting inflamed and people are obviously upset. I was in a restaurant once and um, somebody else, we were waiting, it was very packed. And this, this woman said, oh, you know, those Muslims are awful. They kill people. And, um, you know, <laughs> very hurtful conversation so um i was with my husband and he went over and started talking to them and i'm like oh no don't talk to her because you know who knows what's going to happen maybe they have guns <laughs> who knows, you know? but it did diffuse the situation so it's it's really a call that you have to make depending on the circumstances you know but i'm not as brave as he was i just i would rather just retreat if somebody's in that frame of mind I don't know what the background story was. You know, maybe they had had an experience. Maybe the someone had harmed them who was Muslim. You know, I, you don't know the whole story and what triggers things for people. So I usually just try to to stay quiet if it's if it's a very you know elevated emotionally elevated situation. That's a Live good to point. fight another day. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point that sometimes, you know, there's no point in taking abuse from people, you know, if it's not going to do anything, we, we try the best we can, but it doesn't help anyone to just sit there and, and keep taking it. So walking away okay. is a really great um, way to deal with it. Uh, anyone else? And we really love to um, hear from everyone and we especially love to encourage people who are usually shy. So if you are someone who usually waits for others to speak up first before you do, today challenge yourself, um, use our safe space and use it as a, a place for you to practice using your voice so that when you're outside in the real world and it's not a safe space, um, you'll have that those, you know, 10,000 hours uh, <laughs> put in. So use our, our space as a practice space for, uh, for growing confident in your voice. Anyone at all? I had a question. Um, so Gail, you talked about in talking with people who have different opinions than you, you try to find common ground between people. And I was wondering, you know, this might depend on the situation, but what are some 
um, some themes or some things that you like, sort of like your go-tos for bringing people closer and finding that common ground? Oh, that's a really good question. Um, and the key is, and many of you know this, people love to talk about themselves. All of us love to talk about ourselves, right? <laughs> so, you know, whatever you can see, if you listen to what the person is talking about, that'll give you a cue as to what they're interested in. And a simple question is, you know, oh, I see you, you, you're wearing very colorful clothes. Do you like colors? You know, you can flatter them and say, oh, are you a designer? Are you, <laughs> are you an actress? You know, are you a, it, just flattery sometimes will get people to start talking. Yeah, I really liked um, the point you made in your clip about, you know, for people who carry the burden of carrying a stereotype, um, we don't have the luxury of just having regular small talk. We don't have that luxury of just saying like, oh, hi, how are you doing? How are the, you know, the flowers or the weather? Um, and so I really appreciated the way that you acknowledge that. Um, and then also, you know, didn't, didn't let that um, put you down. Cause sometimes I hear, um, and I'd love to hear your, your view on this. Um, you know, especially these days, you hear a lot about people saying like, well, it's not my job to educate them. That's their mm -hmm. job to educate them. And mm -hmm. I, I understand the reasoning behind that. It's not fair to put the blame and the responsibility on the victim. But sometimes I do also think, you know, how can someone educate themselves about something they don't know? Um, mm -hmm. So what what is your stance on that? Or have you heard that phrase before? And, and what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, that's a really good issue to bring up too, because we do carry this burden. And for me personally, I, I it's almost, it's subconscious, you know, my, my as I not navigate in the world, you know, I, I smile, I, you know, I try to make people comfortable because I know I can often be perceived as a threat and people make assumptions about who I am and what's going on with me. So especially in places where I'm very, I don't know the environment, you know, that's my go-to position. Oh, just be friendly, smile, you know, do all those things. And I'm sure I'm not the only one, it's a very common response when you're an othered person, you know? But on the other hand, you get really tired. You know, you just wanna go out of your house and not have to deal with anything. You just wanna to go to the store and you know, buy something without having to be dealing with, you know, is somebody gonna follow me or what are they, you know, all that kind of stuff mm -hmm. that, um, that we, we have to deal with. So I don't, I don't really have an answer for that. Um, other than just, you know, tell people, if, if people come to me, for example, after the, the civil unrest that we had in the summer, people called me, people who were not uh, people of color would call me and say, what in the world is going on? You know, there's rioting in the streets. I mean, what's going to happen to all of us? And I'd have to like, okay, well, here's, here's the deal. You know, this has been going on. This is some issues. But read these books, okay, if you really want to understand, or listen to this podcast, or, you know, read something about that. I don't, I, I'm, it's all out there. The information is readily available, okay? 
I don't have the bandwidth to give you an hour lecture on race relations or white privilege. I don't have that. So I can't do that. So I've done that. I said, you know, here's something to read. Here's a quick video to watch. You know, whether they do, I don't know. But at least I don't want to tick all that bird. It's not my job. Like you're saying, it's just too much. It's too much. Yeah, I heard someone say once that um, what, you, what you can do in those situations is to share your personal experience because mm -hmm. that will be more powerful than anything, any objective, you know, written by, you know, the most highly qualified PhD author, um, just knowing someone's story, someone who they care about, um, mm -hmm. that will leave a, la a longer lasting impression. Um, mm -hmm. So I think maybe even in those situations, just opening up and being vulnerable of, of saying, you know, I'm tired. I, mm -hmm. I deal with this all the time and I don't have the bandwidth um, and letting mm -hmm. them experience that with you um, could also be helpful possibly. Yeah. Is there anyone else has a question or a reflection they'd like to share? I just wanted to chime in one thing about that. First of all, lots and lots and lots of love to you, Sister Gail. I'm, I'm sorry you have to hold that with you um, when you go out to places and all. It, it's a lot to carry. So I'm sending you lots of love and Dua's positive energy. Thank, Thank you. you. Uh, I really enjoyed your chutzpah and I have lots of notes that I took. <laughs> Um, one thing I wanted to just add on to that, uh, oftentimes I refer my friends to the show Blackish because it's entertaining, but it has such powerful messages. Mm -hmm. So I'll be like, hey, go to season five and watch the Thanksgiving episode. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, stuff like that. Um, I, I appreciate that media now is putting more of an effort and sending out more powerful messages. Mm -hmm. So on that note, uh, I don't think a lot of this started happening until Trump came into power. <laughs> so if you try to look at the positive of some things, it's like, wow, you know, things have, uh, people have really stepped it up in terms of speaking out for minorities and all. We have such, such, such a far way to go, but I saw a huge change in 2017. Yeah. Yeah, but there's, there's progress. I mean, I, I heard a statistic you can see I'm a data person and <laughs> I love numbers. 24 million people throughout the United States. So this is not internationally. 24 million people were out on the streets protesting the um, social unrest issue with the George Floyd killing. 24 million people, that's a lot of people. So that gives me hope that, you know, not, it's not just being put off on people of color, you know, but that, Everybody is embracing this issue. And, and I think a large part has to do with, with things like you're talking about with television. When you see um, the images are, that are being portrayed now, and it, like you said, there's still a long way to go, but have you been watching commercials lately? Exactly. Commercials, you know, they got multiracial couples, you know, they got... Oh, things that I would just my my mouth would drop open if that if I'd seen that you know even a couple of years ago, it's astounding how corporate America is embracing this. So that gives me hope too that it'll normalize the diversity that we always knew was here. It's always been this way. We just haven't acknowledged it in our in our in our media 
advertising and all those things. So I'm hopeful. I'm really hopeful. Priscilla, were you saying something? Um, yeah, I wanted to. Uh, I enjoyed the Coupe very, very much. Um, I do believe, Sister Gail, it was something that I needed to hear. And so um, I'm, I'm thankful <laughs> that I tuned in to, today. And um, I'm enjoying myself. Thank you. Priscilla, are you well? Priscilla is one of our other Katibas. Yes. She is, so we're glad to see you. Are you doing well? I'm hanging in there, Sister Gail. I'm hanging in there. Keep hanging. <laughs> yes, ma'am. We need you. Oh, yes, ma'am. I'm not going any place uh, that I know of. <laughs> <laughs> Inshallah, we'll get through this. Um, um, and, you know, uh, next year will be better. And, um, you know, that's all we can say is patience. And uh, for people not to be uh, silly, because um, I think that's where we are at this point. Um, I was thinking of starting to write a book because this has been so crazy, but our selfishness, you know, Allah does what he does. And, and um, you know, the pandemic isn't just by chance, right? And so, you know, what what are our lessons to learn? I love the idea, Sister Gail, of the list. Um, I think I'm going to go ahead and give that a try. I'm, I'm afraid it'll be really long <laughs> and I don't think I could possibly condense it into three, but I'm going to give it um, a really good try. But I was just thinking um, as we live through the pandemic, how selfish uh, human beings have become, how spoiled we have become um, and to the point that we can't even deal with this challenge in a responsible way, right? And so, uh, you know, to believing that it's not real, I've talked to people, you know, to believing in, in, in conspiracies, to believing that, you know, wearing a mask is, is taking away someone's freedom um, and does no good to uh, help a phantom uh, <laughs> disease. You know, it's 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 amazing that we would actually, and I understand our laws and our legislation, and I understand why we have them. Um, but there are times when we are in jeopardy as a human nation that we have to comply, and that might be my military background. It might be my uh, raising um, as a NOI background, it could be a lot of those things, but um, I just think that we have lost what's really important. And what's really important is trying to get through this pandemic and uh, not lose any more individuals unnecessarily because one does not want to distance, one does not want to mask, one still wants to socialize in a way that's very jeopardizing. And what's interesting is that this particular virus is weird. Mm -hmm. It morphs, it, it ever changes. So, you know, you don't really know what it can and will do because it's it's very interesting um, organism there. So um, I just want to share that, you know, hang in there everybody and um, stay strong and 
speak out. I love that speak out part, Sister Gail, because you know my mouth is big and <laughs> I really can't stand to see lies and thieveries and and um, mistreatment of people it really irks me and I've always been that way. Um, but anyway, I can talk a lot and so I'm gonna stop. Happy Juma Day. It's nice to hear your voice again, Priscilla. I'm Thank sure you. I'm not the only one who feels that way. Uh, I can, um, I just wanna say, Gail, you, uh, I am just opposite of you as a news <laughs> listener. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, don't turn on the TV except Jeopardy in my home <laughs> probably. And sometimes like a, we, we watch like a Netflix or Disney channel for movies and stuff. But otherwise there is no TV going on in our house. <laughs> and neither of my phone, like a, everything turned, down, turned off. <laughs> so maybe I will, I'll contact you here and there. Okay, give me the summary. <laughs> So I really um, appreciate all of the things you said and um, it, from your own. So um, really appreciate that. Um, and uh, also like your own experience against um, like a judgment of others because you are a woman and you are a Muslim, um, which is we, we are like, we are carrying it and uh, but I think it's getting better as you said like all the commercial yeah there are lots of Muslim women hijabi faces <laughs> in Apple in many many places and now there's uh, Malala is everywhere mm -hmm. and you know there are so and then in London uh, during the COVID one of the Muslim women, uh, she's actually from our country. So she was also recognized of the national doctor of the year because mm -hmm. of her contribution to the COVID. And she also have hijab and they put it on the big, huge um, billboard, like a, those, uh, like a shiny billboard, like a talking to you, like a, uh, on the central London. So the mm. whole London can see it mm. from everywhere. So these are all these Muslim women faces I'm talking about. So I'm, I'm, I get so excited when I see these Muslim faces with, especially like, you know, you don't know who is Muslim who is not unless you have the hijab for mm. the women, right? So um, I get really excited. So one time, uh, I, I just getting excited now. Like one time <laughs> I went to this, um, that was actually a few years ago, at least four years ago. No, even before that. So I went to this Kodak uh, theater in um, Hollywood and we just went into the um, Sephora store and there is this girl, hijabi girl working there. And I just get so overwhelmed and I was like, oh, I, uh, let me go talk to her. And my <laughs> kids are like, there you go, that's my mom. So I just go and <laughs> hug her. I said, wow, like I never see like a, you know, hijabi girl working at Sephora, you know? Mm -hmm. So that's one thing I really like 
felt like she accomplished something, you know? So it's kind of, um, there's another woman, hijabi girl was working in Home Depot I, two weeks ago and I went to Home Depot and she's wearing the hijab. I just gave her a hug. I was like, I don't care all this COVID or anything. You, know? no, no. <laughs> you need a hug. You are working at Home Depot and wearing hijab. Like, it's, it's amazing. So uh, things are getting better. I, I always think that. And um, mm -hmm. especially uh, uh, for Muslim, for women, I think things are getting better. Mm -hmm. My women merch, um, the poster, did you see that? In, oh, in, yeah, on top yeah. of in the head. background, I can see that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Gail, I, I, one thing I noticed during your chutbah is that, um, yes, you do, you do keep in, you know, in touch with the news, but you also take action. And I think that's the difference. So I think it can be damaging if we're watching the news and not doing anything about it. Mm -hmm. um, we're just ingesting and consuming and feeling worse and worse and worse. But what I really um, uh, took note of and why I think, I mean, as an observer, I don't, you, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but why it seems to me that it's not getting you down um, and kind of paralyzing you all of the news that, that comes in is because you are doing things like, um, you know, helping people get registered to vote and you are doing things, you know, um, to, to actually put that energy into some sort of action. Um, mm -hmm. Were you always that way or how did that come about? I think it was hereditary. My parents were always pretty engaged. So I, that was the behavior that was modeled to me growing up. Although I'm one of three, and well, well, I guess I could say all my siblings are also in different areas politically engaged or, you know, in, in, engaged with social issues. So, and I want to model that behavior for my own children. So that's, it's really important because I think um, I believe strongly that, you know, in, in Quran, we talk about the, the good, the common good, that we, that we need to do good things, righteous deeds, right? And so if I can do something, I don't have to change the situation, but I do it for myself. I don't, like I was talking about outcomes. I'm going to keep working hard even when I lose. You know, I didn't win in 2016. Many of the candidates that I supported didn't win in 2016, but you know, it's just, it's part of what I think I'll be called to account for um, on Yom Kiyama and the Day of Judgment. I think I'm going to have to answer for this. And because I follow the news, I know what's going on. Um, it gives me a, a responsibility to try to, to try to do something. But thank you for that. And I hope we all do that. I hope we all feel, you know, it doesn't, you don't have to do what I do. But just, you know, a simple conversation with a person in the store or a neighbor or a coworker, that's a major achievement. You know, like you're saying, it's that, it's that interpersonal thing that's really important. Mm -hmm. It's really easy to go out and pick up a picket sign and march and demonstrate. Mm -hmm. That's relatively easy, you know, and I've done that. You know, I go to the Women's March every year, except this last year, of course. But because of the COVID issues. But, you know, I, that's, that's probably the easier part. The hard part is talking to somebody that you know, 
and confront them saying, you know, you know, what's so wrong with Mexicans? I mean, they haven't done anything to me. <laughs> you know, those kind of things, that's the really hard part. And that doesn't get the cameras, you know, that doesn't get you acclaim. Nobody's gonna clap for you and say, oh, wow, that was so great what you did. But to me, that's the really hard part. And I have to say, I fall down. I'm, I'm really inadequate. I'm speaking to myself as much as I'm speaking to everybody else. Because I have, I have relatives who didn't vote the way I voted. <laughs> and I have not picked up the phone to talk to them. I'm very afraid of that. You know, That's really close to home. So I got to work on that. I got to work up the courage to at least open the conversation to people that I know and love who are in my own world, you know? So that's, that's all of our challenge, you know? We have to live our values, right? And we're yeah. challenged by that. I'm curious, I'm just curious, what is the fear, um, it, you know, when you're, you're thinking about those conversations? What is the fear that you're thinking? Well, the risk of being rejected. I see. The risk of being rejected by somebody. Oh, Gail, you know, she's a radical, X, Y, and Z, mm -hmm. you know, um, and that happens, you know, that happened within my own family. Mm -hmm. You know, when I was um, much younger in college, um, I, and before I became Muslim and I would, before I wear, I had a big Afro. <laughs> it was beautiful, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, my family members at that time were like, oh, this is awful. She needs to do her hair, do something with that hair. It's just... Oh, you know, and they called me names. They said, oh, that jungle bunny. Mm. These are my own family members. So that's in my memory, you know, like, oh my God, it's, it's risky. If they're in social environments where they're not reinforced with the, the opinions that I have, you know, I'm, I'm afraid of that. I'm very afraid of that. So that's the risk that we take. So it's easier for me to go to a stranger right. or someone that I don't know that well, you know, a clerk or somebody that I see maybe often, but I don't, you know, if I don't see them again, it's not going to kill me. But my family members, that's the risk. And it's not just issues with a race. It's, it's you know, we've had women come to the women's mosque that talk about you know, their, their own personal family issues, you know, with mental health issues, with domestic violence issues, with being divorced women in, in their families, all these things that try to, to keep us separate and different in the way we think from our family members. It's very scary. I don't know if other people have that experience, but that, and for me, that's been the risk. That's what makes me scared, that, that's what makes me afraid, is the risk of being rejected by my family members, my people, the people that I never wanna have a breach with, you know? Right. Yeah, that's very valid. Um, Zan, I see you smiling. I feel like you have something to say about that. <laughs> so Zan is also a past Kativa. Mm -hmm. um, and you're, you're calling in from out of state. Oh, you're gonna pass? Okay. No. Uh, well, I'm actually in Pakistan right now. Oh, I just no flew in yesterday. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. But I think somebody had their hand raised. Tamara, oh. did you have your hand raised at all? Well, I was I was gonna follow up on that question, but I want to hear more about you in Pakistan. 
uh, exciting. But my yeah. question was to Gail. Um, it may have been said in the introduction, but I didn't pick it up then. Uh, you're an activist. Uh, are you doing it on your own or are you part of a group that sustains you and it's part of your activism? Oh, to call me an activist would not be correct. <laughs> um, you wouldn't call somebody who takes a bike ride every day a cyclist, a competitive cyclist. So I am not an I activist. I'm a person who does a few things here and there, okay. but I'm certainly not an activist in in the what what you're, you're in the way you're you're characterizing it. No, I'm just a normal person. <laughs> with some opinions and I act on those opinions. Well, I think that's what makes you such a great role model for all of us is that, you know, you're showing us that there is something normal people can do. Mm -hmm. um, you don't have to have that title or, you know, right. it doesn't have to be a full-time job, but it can be something that you're, uh, these values that you're committed to and that you, you strive to get better at expressing. And it, it really starts at home and it's just really little things. Um, I fought for many years, and this is just close to home. I had a, I have a, a, a child who was not voting. He did not vote for years. And it was really hurtful for me, you know, because I grew up voting. My parents voted, my grandparents voted. It was a big deal. And he just had the opinion that it didn't make any difference. But after several, many, many years, he finally is voting and he's, he votes. And he's, he, he, he follows the politics too. Hmm. But he just didn't feel it was, it made a difference, which was just astounding to me. I mean, I we had horrible arguments about it, <laughs> horrible arguments. What? So, what I mean, you might have you might have a family member that that yeah. is that position. You just get them to vote. Wouldn't that be amazing? <laughs> That's huge, though. I I don't think I've ever met anybody who says they don't vote, who has been able to be convinced otherwise. So how were oh, you really? able to achieve that? That's amazing. I've never heard of that before. Because usually when people don't say they don't vote and they openly say it, it's like a very strong stance. Yes. And, well, that's um, the way it was with my child. Yeah. yeah. Who's a, an adult now. He's not a child anymore. But yeah. So, um, and I'm very proud that, you know, he, he's voting now. But that was, a, that was a huge burden for me. I'm like, what can I do? This is just, every election would go by and he wouldn't vote. It was just like a personal attack. <laughs> So you know, I, I I threatened to withhold food, and <laughs> but you know these are the challenges that we go through, and you have to understand, like I was saying in the kupa, you have to meet people where they are, mm -hmm. not where you want them to be. I wanted my son to be a voter and vote, but I had to be patient, and years, literally years, have gone by, and finally he's a voter. But you know, I had to meet him. And it probably wasn't anything that I did or said that changed his mind. It could have been somebody else that just said, man, you know, what are you doing? <laughs> I don't know. Because I'm a parent and you know, often our children don't listen to us anyway. So <laughs> I think the way that you said your parents modeled a behavior for you, maybe you're doing the same for him. I hope so. I hope so. Yeah. And I also just wanted to say, I think you being you, your full self and navigating this world, 
is a form of activism itself. Mm. And again, I want to thank you for that. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, at this point, I, I encourage everyone, what, what, what do you have to lose? Just be yourself. You know, at, at some point, you just have to say, okay, I'm just going to go and do what I want to do that makes that this important to me. I'm going to live my life. Um, my, my, a dear relative of mine, she recently passed away and she said, her, her, she always said, you know, why not? Do it. Why not? And that's my mantra. If you want to do something, why not? Just do it. Uh, well, I had sort of two sort of thoughts slash questions, and you can answer one or both. Um, well, the first was, you know, I was thinking back to like when I used to live in India and Pakistan, and we were part of a joint family system. And, you know, at least traditionally uh, the living as part of a joint family system uh, was the way things were in, in, in the Indian Pakistani culture. And when you live in a joint family system, it's like multi-generational. Like I had my grandparents, my, uh, my parents, myself, um, you know, um, and we had like so many cousins, so many aunts and uncles, and you, you can imagine that we were a very diverse family because we were and you know there were many things we disagreed upon but we always knew that because we were a family we were going to stick together mm -hmm. um and so you know this need that uh, you know to I, I i'm thinking is it like an american thing where people they have this thing about we need to agree with each other to be able to live together or to get along or to be friends. I mean, because, you know, it, I don't think it has to be that way. And so like, what can we do to sort of begin to shift that culture, um, you know, so that we don't even have this expectation of needing to, to, to be in agreement um, on, on things in order to get along or to be able to coexist peacefully. So that's one question slash thought. And the second was actually, I was really, uh, you know, one of the, uh, the verses that you quoted towards the end of your khutbah, um, usually what I only pay attention to the first part of it, but the, one of the things that really struck me about your quote was that you went beyond where I usually stop. And so, uh, the the quote talks about uh, it's from chapter forty one versus actually you quoted thirty four to thirty six, mm -hmm. and so the part I usually just think about is when it says good and evil cannot be equal. Respond to evil with something that is better. Then the one between uh, whom and yourself uh, there was a feud will become like old friends. And I usually just stopped right there. That was the only thing I had memorized and held in my hand, uh, in my head. But in your khutbah, you, you continued the quotation uh, from, from the chapter. And it goes on to say, but none will attain this except those who are steadfast in patience. And none will attain it except the very fortunate. Hence, when a temptation from... Uh, Satan provokes you, seek refuge in God. God is the all-hearing and the all-knowing. 
I just, I was like, whoa. So, I mean, it's not just that God's giving us a, a command uh, or, you know, encouraging us to respond to evil with something that is better, but he's also cleaning us in that, hey, that's not something just anyone and everyone can achieve. This is something only those who are patient and those who are very fortunate can achieve. And I was wondering if you had any reflections on, on what that part of it means, like, um, like uh, you know, the patients and, and the very fortunate, like who are the very fortunate or why is it that only uh, the, the, the patient and the very fortunate will achieve? And, and then, my God, even then when it continues and talks about like, temptation from satan provoking mm -hmm. us it seems like maybe that's all connected and i'm just like having some like in the moment light bulbs going <laughs> so if you have any reflections uh, i would love to hear oh samuel that was such a rich rich uh, reflection that you just shared i mean i'm now i'm thinking i'm reflecting about um the, the the families and we don't always have to agree and we need to be okay with that. So I guess I'll tell my son it's okay if he doesn't vote anymore. <laughs> no, no, I'm just I'm just kidding. But but I, that that's that's I guess that's a, that's a valid point. I mean we don't need to have everyone agree with us, right? We don't we can we can model good behavior that we what we feel is important and and show our values. But you know we're never going to have everybody the same. So maybe we need to really work on getting comfortable with that. So that's really, I mean, what you just shared is really positive. And I, I think I need to like temper my own, um, I don't know if we would call it activism. I just need to temper my own expectations about other people and stop being maybe so self-righteous about my positions that it's okay. You know, in the long run, I just try to do what I can do. I do the best that I can and leave the rest alone, the things that I can't change, right? And then the second part, um, and I, I have to, I have to acknowledge that it was Hasna actually who pointed out that, that passage to me when we were talking about this kutbah. So I don't take credit for that. I remember that passage, and like you, I always stop with the part about, and that the person will become your greatest friend. You know, your enemy will become your friend. But then the other part about the the Satan, the Shaitan, and you know the patience and all that. We really have to work on that. And that's an amazing lesson for us. You know, it really it takes us off our high horse. You know, we have to understand that we don't control any of this stuff. We just try to do the best we can. And we shouldn't try to control other people's and think that our way is the only way. So thank you. Isn't that a wonderful thing as a benefit of, a, of this dialogue and the women's mosque? I mean, this, these conversations wouldn't be happening in other venues. So I'm, I'm thankful. Thank you. Thank you, Hasan, Samia. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for, you know, bringing all of your experience and wisdom. And, and it's really nice to be with you and all of you again. Um, is there anybody, uh, any last person? Usually we have stragglers when we're doing it live. Nobody speaks up in the beginning. In the last like 10 minutes, 20 people raise their hand. So I think maybe the Zoom, uh, Zoom format is a little bit more evenly paced. Um, but is there any last person? We have. I like to say something. Yeah, please go ahead. I, I think it's a myth. As, as she asked about, is it an American thing that you know we think we all have to get along? <laughs> but um, I think it's a it's a myth that that one would believe that everyone has to get along. That doesn't even 
you know, bugs don't get along, you know, <laughs> animals don't get along. That's, that's just part of nature, but part of society and, um, and protocol, and I'm not, I'm not, that's not the word I want to use, but it's the only one that's coming in my brain right now, is that um, we do communicate, you know, because we have to communicate with one another. And in order to communicate, you have to share and you have to make yourself vulnerable, right? And so, and that's a two-way thing. Um, now, people of strong minds, uh, in character, if they believe in what they uh, are expressing strongly, uh, then yeah, they want everybody to absorb uh, where they're coming from, right? And so as a mother who was raised in um, being engaged um, in, in society, you wanted your son to be the same way because you knew that every uh, every person mattered in 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 that uh, that civic uh, process. So yeah, you you know you you felt real strong about that, and uh, yeah, you wanted to be a little forceful on it, but you know you also raised your son to be uh, his own individual. So what I'm saying is we have to communicate with one another, and 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 it's okay to share. I think I um, expressed this before, but. My, my father and my uncle, who was a minister, um, would get together and they would always talk religion and would always end in a shouting match. Never, ever failed. And my uncle always ended up throwing us out the house, right? And so those are the conversations that you don't want to go to that point, right? Because you're not really getting anything over Dad stuck in what he said, and he's right. Uncle stuck with it, what he said, it's right. So that's where the phrase, you know, can we all get along comes from. And, and um, well, I, you know, I, I, I accept and respect what you say, but I differ, right? Mm -hmm. And so that's the humanity way of doing things. But no, we're not going to ever agree. And no, nothing's supposed to go just the way you want it, because if it did, it would be a very boring, one-sided tunnel vision world that we live in. We live in, so we, we do have to communicate and we do have to understand every other person's side. So I had a good friend who's very organic, holistic. And I, I said, oh, your, 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 your ballot thing came in, you know, um, you, you need to sign it and, and, and then I, I'll drop it off when I do. And then the person said, well, I'm not going to engage. Oh, what's the quote that they always say? But anyway, I'm not going to, uh, well, anyway, she did, she was not going to be involved in that uh, process, the, the bureaucracy, I mean, that process. And I'm telling you, I've heard and listen to folks say that they talked to friends on their social media. And then when they got the response and they didn't like the response, they discontinued communicating with that person. That person didn't become a friend any longer. Um, and all of those little negative things. And so when the person said that, all I could think was, dang, I got to discontinue our friendship <laughs> because I know you're, you just, you can't be, you know, it, 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 but then again, 
such a beautiful person. Do I want to break up a friendship behind the fact that I don't agree with what she believes? Right. So no, the world can't go that way. We have to give and take. Mm -hmm. um, it's the only way. Yeah, thank you, Priscilla. Um, I, I heard once uh, a really great metaphor for, you know, all the humans on this planet. It's like, um, imagine that um, you're the host of a party and you invite your friends and your friends start fighting. Um, you know, it, it's like, oh, God, you know, is the host of this planet and, and universe and has invited all of us and out of honor and respect for the one who invited us, um, we should we should respect uh, the other guests and we should respect other humans. And so um, that I really like that metaphor to just visualize like, okay, you know, um, it's not about us. It's about we are here out of the the grace of God and um, to remember that perspective that it's not just about us, that we're all here for a, a higher purpose. And, um, and if we remember that, that will hopefully humble us enough that, that we don't ever take things to that, you know, extreme. Um, and, and we can disagree and still get along and still respect one another's rights, inshallah. Um, well, thank you all again for joining. Yes, one more, go ahead. Just one little thing I wanted to add on what Sister Priscilla was saying um, and Sister Samia, I, I definitely agree with both of you actually. Uh, one thing I do to respect my boundaries and uh, respect my own mental health is create boundaries with how much I interact with that person. So if I need to like, for example, mute them on Facebook for some time, mm -hmm. I'll do that. I'm not gonna fully disconnect with them. When I'm ready, I'll re-engage, I'll unmute them or whatever the case may be. But I, I might distance back a little bit to respect my own mental health. But I definitely agree that if we keep just cutting people off, we're living in these bubbles. How, how are things gonna change? That's all I wanna say. Yeah, that's a great point. It has to be a balance. So we can't take on everything all at once, but we also uh, we also can't live in a bubble um, by ourselves. So uh, inshallah, we have more safe spaces like this. And um, thank you guys for making it a space where we can, you know, hear each other and, and talk, um, even if we have differences of opinions. So inshallah, we hope to see you all again at the next one.